You're listening to Traveling Down the Delta Blues Highway. I'm Erin Scott, otherwise known as Audio Chick. This podcast is about the blues history, music, people, and of course, traveling the Delta from Tunica to Vicksburg. You can find me where you listen to your podcasts at audiochick.net. That's chick without the K. Now, let's get on the road. I found Libby Ray Watson through her photos on social media with a picture of Clarksdale, and they had hashtagged her. This was a fun phone conversation, speaking of her work, traveling Mississippi, and her passion of the whole state. Here's our talk. Well, uh, my name is Libby Ray Watson. I am a Mississippi musician, and uh, I travel all around the region and have been beyond and overseas spreading the music of Mississippi. Can you tell me a little bit about, Are you? do you consider yourself more blue, Delta Blues, or what kind of genre do you think you are doing? Well, I do a little bit of all sorts of, of blues, uh, not just Delta Blues, but uh, Hill Country Blues. You know, I, I, I do everything but an R&B style as far as the old traditional style blues goes, and it it changes in whichever region you're in in Mississippi, but it's all the kind I like. It's more of an acoustic traditional style. <clears throat> that's what I enjoy. That's the music okay. I go for, and that's what I play primarily on my guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have played other stuff. I mean, I've been in bands where we did all original stuff. It wasn't necessarily blues, but it was more coastal uh, and singer-songwriter kind of stuff like that, but, um, you know, we did two records together, and I still listen to them, and people still ask for them. That's been 20-plus years ago. (laughs) How did you get into this? Did you start playing? Did you have family? Did you... Who was your inspiration as well? Well, I started playing music. None of my siblings are musically inclined, none, and I have five of them. There's six of us all together. But um, I was interested in music as an early age, apparently, you know, just liked music and always was the little kid walking around the neighborhood with a transistor radio to her ear, listening to music out of New Orleans, which couldn't have been any better place to be born and to be where you could access that library of music. So I grew up listening to WTIX in New Orleans playing all those old hits from Irma Thomas, Alan Toussaint, the Neville Brothers, Ernie Cato, and all that kind of uh, stuff out of New Orleans. So that had my interest already in the music. And when I got a little bit you know, older, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11, or so my brother-in-law gave me a guitar he had and it was a uh it was a classical guitar which means the neck was really wide and it had different strings very hard to play but that's kind of what I learned on when I got where I could I bought another guitar myself and and then just you know kind of moved up as the years progressed to different guitars but um you know that's basically, yeah, yeah. Basically. I only did the rec center for a little while, a guitar, and yes, I had a Brazilian well, teacher, you know, and she I said, never had, 
you know, I never had lessons from anybody. We, oh, really? we just people getting around, you know, it was like, show me that, that G chord, you know. So, you know, you learn three chords and you, you can play a song with three chords. Um, you can play a lot of songs with three chords. So that kind of gets your, you know, your, you, you get excited about being able to play, be able to play a song when you're young like that. That, that gets your momentum up and you keep, you know, trying to progress and, learn a little bit more but as far as somebody sitting down and teaching me that wasn't until I was in my early 20s and that was the blues band from Hollandale named Sam Chapman yeah when I moved to Oxford I drew back and forth to Clarksdale Clarksdale uh, articulate and yeah I looked up on your Instagram page I'm like I and I didn't look it up I'm like, I don't know where Hollandale is. So I was like, wow. And I saw there was a festival there recently that you played at. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's there every year. Mm-hmm. Sam Chapman Blues Festival. You seem to travel all over Mississippi on your Instagram. Your Instagram uh, posts are pretty interesting. You don't have any uh, geo-tracking, but you post where you are, which is fun in a way. Because I love when, I love driving by what says the town is Alligator, and you did post that you're in Alligator. I did not know what kind of place would be there, so I like that you posted there, <laughs> which I thought was funny. <laughs> well, when you say Alligator, that could mean the right off of the highway, or that could mean the the thirty miles surrounding alligator. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> and then is yeah. it Panther Grove or is it Panther? I also like that Panther name. Burn. Panther Burn. Panther Burn. Okay. Well, I Which I do know had a commissary at one point, so I do like that too. I'm like, okay, it did have a place too. But I'm like, oh, these places are just so interesting and beautiful in Mississippi. Well, it, it is, is a pretty state, and that's kind of one of the reasons I kind of just started posting some pictures and the response I was getting from people, and some of them I knew as people who could not get out and travel for one reason or another, so they were enjoying it as a travel log for them as well. And so, you know, and the other thing is I hate interstates. I hate them. And if there's anything I can do to not be on one or even like 49 South out of Jackson, those I'd rather find some gravel road that takes me three hours longer to get where I'm going because I'm going to find some way more interesting stuff and not get killed, hopefully, by, you know, (laughs) hit by an (laughs) 18-wheeler like you. You know, people drive crazy on those roads and it's, you're always on alert, and there's no time to even glance and look at something cool. But when you turn off and go down a rural road, you can pull over and jump out of your car. Nobody's coming. You can go take pictures of flowers or a building or whatever you want. And it's just way more relaxing. So I'm one of those things, the destination, it's the journey. It's an adventure. Like, well, yeah. geotracking wasn't great for us because I wanted to share my, with Mother the um, ghost town, but I can't think of the name of it right now. And it took right. us for an hour and a half, which would have taken us probably 10 minutes if we hadn't done that. And then we had to stop by the 
college there and he was like do this do this do this and take the rock road and you're good to go and yep we found it <laughs> you know, rodney yes rodney thank you yeah yeah i hope i get the time to go by there uh thursday i gotta go down to natchez over to natchez up to natchez mm-hmm. natchez is not easy to get to from my house it's a it's yeah. a weird you know stuck way over there there's nothing you know you got to go way up to get way over and there are I'm, I've been looking at which other way I can go and how much time I'm gonna have to be able to play on my road trip so I'll leave a day early just so I can go do something like this well you got the donut shop you have to stop by there people make a point to stop by the donut shop and even drive other ways. Because I was yeah. in line with some people for the donut shop. And I saw, yes, you went by Joe's the other day. How'd that go? Did you have the steak? Oh, we had a Did great time. <laughs> we had a great time. It was after the festival. And uh, just uh, some good friends that we never get to sit down. And everybody was talking at once. We had so much to say. We agreed we needed to do it again. We were at Joe's <laughs> the other night, Saturday night, and they delivered a bunch of that, uh, snow crabs on the table. Got those big old long legs and big claws, look like giant spiders. And uh, I was the only one who knew how to get into those things. So I was, you know, had my hands all, <laughs> I was all crab juiced up, cracking them for everybody and showing them how to get in them. <laughs> so, but I was sad that I did not go to Duke Joint Festival this year. I could not get get that in. And I love going to Clarksdale and Duke Joint Festival. Yes. Yeah, you know, I'm just a, I just like to, you know, people will ask, how long did it take you to get up to Clarksdale from the coast? And I go, well, it would probably take you about five hours and 20 minutes. Me, I probably took seven. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'll go 55 to Batesville and cut across. I'll go 49 over to some county road, to Tarsha over to 61, over to 1, and, you know, <laughs> I'll just be all over the place. Yeah, in other podcasts I've talked about just going off the beaten road, who you meet and stuff. Have you ever found any secret gems that people should know about? I don't know if they're secret gems or not. A lot of people know about them, but a lot of people in the state don't know, especially if they're in the southern part of the state. Well, probably all over. But, uh, yeah, there's several gems that Mississippi has. I mean... There's Sky Lake Boardwalk up there outside of Bentonia. There's just a magical place. And it, it's a nice boardwalk that goes through a cypress grove. The cypresses there are, you know, a 1,000, 1,500, 2,000-year-old cypress trees. They are huge. And it's beautiful. I've gone through the little town of Satarsha, which is between Roland Fork and Bentonia. Uh, between 49 and 61 highway and I drove through there so many times I ended up writing a song about it because I just got curious about the name of the place it was called the village of Satarsha they don't call themselves a town it's the village of Satarsha it's very tiny they usually when you go through there's a little house there that says open you know and they go in there and they got some drinks and chips and stuff and uh, sometimes they'll have some pizza there that they have delivered, and you know you can they'll give you the pizza, buy a drink or whatever. 
So I was in there one day talking to some people about the uh, song I wrote, just a little casual conversation. And this man turned around, and there's a big old fellow there, and he introduced himself as Irma Hart. And uh, Irma uh, was a character, and he was the town. He's been there probably all his life. Told me a lot about the town. Ended up sending him a song. So we made a connection. And now I'm connected to the town of Sitarsha, you know, the little place that was just a curiosity. Now I feel like if I stop there, we and I got some, I got some quote family there, so it's nice. Yeah, sometimes I have to reintroduce myself, but yes, I'm like, yes, we connected last time. Yeah, I just tell people wherever they are, no, no matter what state you're in, you know, the weekend's coming and it's pretty. Gas up your car and. Ride your little county around your area. Take roads you had never taken that are right there in your backyard. You'd be surprised. Uh, there's a lot of cool hiking trails, biking trails throughout Mississippi. There's a lot there to offer besides all our bad press that's bad enough. <laughs> I was surprised. I have been putting it off, and I need to do it. Talking about Holt Coyer how the Delta wasn't as flat and rice land. It was for hunting, for bears and the black bear and everything, and how once farming land came in that they, you know, cut all that down. It's really surprised yeah. what the land looked like in the past. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't it, it would have been Things something have changed. to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been. I mean, because that was way back when they had trees all up through there. You know, they take over that land when they're ready. They do it. You know, they'll mow over black cemeteries. It's terrible things I see. That's another thing I'll stop. You know, a lot of these people that say they love blues and they'll go to their hero's grave and drink a bunch of liquor and leave nasty liquor bottles and cigarette packs and garbage. And I'm the one that's going behind them with a hoe and a bag for their garbage and cleaning up the thing. You know, I'm like, man, if you want to show some respect for these people, you can sit and have a drink with them. But don't leave your crap around there. Clean it up. Uh, you Good know, point. And it's yes. awful. I see it everywhere. It's terrible. I guess they think it's cool and they're leaving a memento, but what they don't understand is that glass beer bottle or whiskey bottle is going to get knocked over and the mower guy is going to break it and spread it all over the place. And same with your garbage. I just go when I stop. I have a bag. And I clean all that crap up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then I hurrah and post about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In another podcast, and this was earlier today, I talked with somebody about the um, preservation of all the cemeteries, and they were even saying with the Robert Johnson and another bluesman, they've taken the with the memorial, not the gravestone, they've taken the photograph off the memorial and they've had to replace it. And it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> I know. I know. It's awful. I know. It's terrible. Like, everybody has a phone or a photo. Take a picture of it. <laughs> yeah. Make your own from a photograph. But no, they'd rather... Look, I've got a piece of art in the alley. You know, they do the art in the alley thing in Clarksdale and they're about to have it. 
again, and I have a little piece there that's not anything really. It's a diddly bow that I made, and it's in it's in memory of a guy named Lonnie Pitchford who was from Lexington, Mississippi. And uh, Lonnie was the king of the diddly bow, and he got a little fame before he died very young of age. He was one of the first one in on that first round of people who got AIDS and died. I've had that thing vandalized four times. I'm sick of people that do that. What's the point? Can you describe a diddly bow so people know what they are? A diddly bow was an instrument that was made, uh, a handmade instrument, and it primarily started in Africa, but was brought through slavery over here. And it was an instrument that the black people could make by themselves out of a plank of wood and a couple of nails, a wire, and a can. So you got this plank of wood, and you screw a nail in on one end, you wrap a wire around it, and you pull it down to another nail, and you wrap the wire around that, and you shove a can up underneath that wire to give tension. And you can play it like a one-string guitar. You see those now uh, that people make out of cigar boxes and stuff. Cigar box, yeah. This was, That's a, I've this, seen was them. A, this was a very primitive thing called a diddly bow, and they'd make it out of a piece, like I said, a piece of wood. Sometimes they get the wire that was used to wrap a broom up for sweeping. They'd take that kind of wire that they would have the broom bristles together with and use that on the board and they could sit there and do a one string and make and make some killer music. Lonnie was the one who could I mean, he was invited up to Washington D C and did some shows and programs and things up there about diddly bows and the history of them and stuff like that. So he was able to get a little recognition and travel overseas a little bit, which is where he got AIDS, unfortunately. But but the diddly bow is, is an instrument, primitive instrument that goes back to Africa. Have you ever tried it? Oh, yeah. How hard is it? It's not that hard to play. Huh. I mean, it, you, know, the, uh, you usually will play them, uh, well, they make different kinds now, but right. the traditional kind I'm talking about, you would get something like... Um, a knife, a spoon, a, a, a bottle, and you'd use a slide technique. So you're picking it and pressing the bottle down and make it slide, sound like a slide tone. And then what festivals do you think you'll be playing in the next year or so? You know, wintertime festival season kind of winds down. I'm not a big bar room player. I don't really play in bars and clubs too much. I do, but I pick and choose where those are and who I'm playing with at the time, but I mostly enjoy um, theater settings, concert settings, festival settings where people are sitting and listening. And you're not, yeah. You don't have five sports TVs going over your head and everybody's talking. So if you can't hear the story, then you're not understanding what I'm trying I'm to get a little about history. That. Yeah, a little history. There was behind. one... Sorry. There was okay. one pop artist that said, yeah, he went from nothing to big pop. And he said he was more nervous playing at a small bar. And maybe it was because of the intimacy versus being away from so many people on a large stage. But I can hear what you're saying that, yeah, you're getting for up me, and getting another drink. Come on. you know. <laughs> it's, frust- it's frustrating for me as a musician because... I'm just wondering, well, why don't they just play some background music? That's all these people want. 
I'm not getting the warm fuzzy I want back. <laughs> <laughs> and so that makes it a job and not fun. And I don't like that. I like it to be fun for myself and everybody there. Or at least in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Well, is there anything else you want to say? I think we've got... I have no idea. Anything else you want to ask? <laughs> I think we had an interesting conversation, and I hope, yeah, I know my listeners, whoever they are, I appreciate it. Thank you for traveling down the Delta Blues Highway. I'm Erin Scott, audio chick without the K. Thanks to Ray Lundy for our music. Come on back and listen to the next gym. Thank you.